excited for a new day of next steps at Christ's Journey. And wherever you're making your connection with us today, across the nation, around the world, through church online, our campuses here in South Florida, I want us all to begin the same way. If you'll just repeat after me, take a good breath and repeat after me. This is the day the Lord has made. Okay, no, everybody, everywhere, in every place now, all together, this is the day the Lord has made. Ready? Here we go. This is the day the Lord has made. Now, I pray that you will sense his presence and touch upon you in this day, wherever you're making your connection with us. But I also know this is true. It doesn't always feel like that, does it? It's one thing to get together in here and go, ah, this is great, this is the day. And it's like, oh, man. But Monday's coming, you know? So we're not just holding up an escape here, but I'm telling you, some days it just doesn't feel like the Lord is at work, does it? In fact, some days it feels like if I could just turn back time, boy, that's what I would love to know how to do. If I could just undo the decision, if I could just, this is a very human thing, isn't it? If I could just turn back time, if I could just undo the damage that got done somehow, that, that decision that sort of lit the fuse, whether it was um, an unanticipated accident that led, you know, the drunk driving incident. Oh, wow, if the divorce, you know, if I could just do, if I could, you know, I, I trusted him, I trusted her. If I could just back up, if, if I could, un and then they betrayed me. If I could just turn back time before the crime before the drug addiction, before I gave my body. Man, if I could just, these are very human emotions, aren't they? If I could just turn back time and undo the damage, a very human experience. And by the way, it's the storyline of Endgame, Avengers. If I could just turn back time. I mean, this movie really surprised me with so many Moments of humanity. I thought I was going in to see another CGI superhero popcorn blockbuster, you know? And it had all of that to it. But you know what really caught my heart by surprise were the human moments that were so real throughout it. I mean, the story, I, I was really caught by surprise. The story picks up in the tragic aftermath of the Infinity War, where the villain Thanos has just committed the unspeakable, the unthinkable, and having collected all six Infinity Stones, now he has the power to impose his will on the universe, which he does with the snap of his chunky purple fingers. And in that snap, he reduces to dust 50% of all living things. And now the Avengers, where we pick the story up, you know what? They're suffering. I mean, they're feeling it personally. They lost family members. They lost friends. They lost loved ones. They, they, now they're dealing with the failure of their own inability to stop the thing from happening. They're grieving their failure, so they're scattered. And, and when our story picks up, they're struggling to find meaning. They're struggling to get to find hope, their purpose in life. It's like it's just been destroyed. Iron Man, Tony Stark, one of our favorites, right? He's not so full of himself right now. In fact, he's marooned in outer space 
and is about to die. If you find this recording, don't feel bad about this. Part of the journey is the end. Just for the record, being adrift in space with zero promise of rescue is more fun than it sounds. Food and water ran out four days ago. Oxygen will run out tomorrow morning. That'd be it. When I drift off, I will dream about you. It's always you. Thanos did exactly what he said he was going to do. He wiped out 50% of all living creatures. We lost, all of us. We lost friends, we lost family. We lost a part of ourselves. This is the fight of our lives. So what can be done? I mean, our superheroes now feel like zeros because even with all their resources, all their technology, all their strength, all their clever intelligence, they were unable to stop the evil. And now in the wake of this, the loss of this unspeakable catastrophe, they, uh, they're feeling personally what it means to live in a broken world, to live in a fallen world, to live with a world in pieces, and their own lives are in pieces. That's where the story picks us up. I mean, Hawkeye, he's so lost perspective that now he's an assassin for hire. He is, people pay him for blood vengeance. Thor, oh my goodness, Thor. I mean, he's, he's hiding in an endless video gaming beer binge, including a beer belly. What about Captain America? Oh, Captain America is leading a support group, therapy session for people struggling with grief and depression. I mean, they've come undone. They're so full of self-doubt. It's so very human. That's what I'm thinking, you know? It's like their, their character flaws are on public display. Poor moral decision-making, self-dishonoring, self-destructive behaviors. And I'm sitting here watching this thinking, I thought this was a superhero movie. And I found myself wanting to turn back the hands of time myself. You know, wow, let's go back to Iron Man, the first one. That was so cool, right? It was so clever. It was so fun. Man, where's that Tony Stark? And now, 22 movies later in the Marvel Universe, we come to end game. You know, did you know, by the way, that this set a new record for highest box office opening weekend ever? Fastest cumulative total receipts over $2.7 billion, with a B. Highest grossing film of 2019. Highest super film, superhero film ever 
in its receipts, and then it led the market in 44 global markets. I'm thinking, why is that? If you're wondering, why are we dealing with this movie? Let me tell you something. The whole world is watching it. Why is that? That's the question. Why is that? Is it because we relate to the humanity of our superheroes? Is it because they're all dealing with their personal mortality and their limitations? Come to the, kind of come to the end of themselves? Is it because we just all relate to the wish that, wow, if we could just turn back time? Because that's kind of the plot line here. Wow, if we could just go back and undo this thing that happened. And I'm watching the film and thinking, but you know where that, the only place in this world that happens is at the movies, right? We dream about it. We wish. We think about it. But the only place we see it is in the films, right? All I'm saying is there are so many places where this science fiction, action-based, comic book, superhero movie intersects with our humanity. So I definitely would invite you, if you haven't seen it yet, watch for that and tell me if you agree. But on the one of those that are on obvious display for me in this entire film is the the darkness of evil that is loose in the universe. Endgame, to me, you may disagree, but to me, Endgame is a tragic reminder of, number one, the dark force of evil that is at work within our world. Number two, the fact that we're all going to die. We all are someday going to face our end game. The, the, the shadow of death is looming over all of us, and we see it in our superheroes in this one in particular. And then third, evil is a power that we can't undo by ourselves. We may wish that we could turn back time, but, but we all face the reality, the stark reality that, hey, can't do this by myself. Check this out. You could not live with your own failure. Where did that bring you? Back to me. Okay, that's Thanos speaking. Thanos, by the way, means death. Thanatos, it's a Greek form that means death is speaking somehow. What? You could not face your own failure. And so what did it bring you? Where did it bring you? Oh, Right back to me. I've got the power. The reality is you can't handle the destroyer and his power. And I'm thinking, you know, that same theme is found throughout the whole Bible. Jesus, in fact, said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There is a power loose in the world that eventually we all come back to that fact standing before the destroyer, wishing we could turn back time and wondering at our own inabilities. But that same theme is found from Genesis to Revelation in the Bible. The same, And the message is real clear and simple. First point is simply this. Sin is real. Sin is real. In fact, by whatever name you call it, a lot of people, we don't use the word sin today in culture and conversation, but whatever name you call it, you know, our... our um, our shortcomings, our character flaws, our unethical or immoral behaviors or our unjust perspectives or our whatever words, you know. All that the film is doing is confirming what the Bible says. That's not make-believe. 
Just let every person who has ever breathed God's air knows those are not illusions. That, that stuff really happens. Sin is real. Humanity's got a problem. You, you've got a problem. I've got a problem. And that's why things are so messed up in the world is because something has gone wrong, desperately wrong inside human beings. What do you think the chances are if we took a microphone out on the street and put it in anybody's face and said, hey, you good with everything? You think everything's all right in the world? Do you think we'd find one person who said, oh, absolutely? Kind of doubt it, right? Everything is not all right in the world. And if you found somebody who said that, then you'd probably be wondering, well, what world are you living in? What have you been smoking, right? I mean, I don't know what, where, or, hello, you know. No, something's gone wrong. Now, the word the Bible uses to describe our reality that something has gone wrong is this little three-letter word, sin. Sin. All that means is that we have fallen short of the intended target. It's not a loaded term of blame. It just says, yeah, we're not measuring up to full potential. Something has gone wrong. We're on a nosedive, and it's showing up in our culture. So sin is real. And yet the Scripture also says it hasn't always been this way. Hadn't always been that way in their story either, has it? In this story, where human beings, God's image bearers, were given dominion over the amazing creation of this earth, they abused their freedom and disobeyed God. When that happened, a force was unleashed that brought death, Thanatos, and put the world on a crash course with consequence beyond our own fixing. We can make the mess, we can't clean it up. And so, in the mystery of history past, this is the story of Scripture, through the deceit and treachery of a spiritual adversary, similar storyline, humanity fell and sin moved in. Stuff started spiraling beyond our control and we couldn't fix it. And so here's how Paul writes, summarizes it, one simple statement. By one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. That means that this is part of our spiritual heredity in this world. That by the act of our first parents, four violations formed the Petri dish out of which disobedience grew. And here they are real quickly. Doubted God's goodness, disputed God's wisdom, disbelieved God's word, and desired to have divine right. That means I'm just going to demand to be my own God. And as a result, that leads me to disobey. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. And then the result is that God had warned from the beginning that your choices have such power that they can unleash some. He said, here, you will surely die in the, the day that you eat of that fruit. You will surely die. Now, by the way, my view is that it wasn't the fruit that was deadly. It was the choice. It was the choice. I will disobey God's desire. And that was the choice. That's why the choice mattered. But the rebellious choice has been something that people have been choosing ever since, I among them. And this is why the prophet Isaiah said, we all, we all like sheep go astray. Every one of us turn to our own way. In other words, I'm not responsible for what Adam and Eve did. But I've done the same thing. I doubt God's goodness. I dispute God's wisdom. I disbelieve God's truth, I desire to be my own God, make my own reality, and as a result, I disobey what I know to be true. So all that story is telling me is that 
their story is my story too. And that as a result, sin is real in my life. There are nosedive places that if I could go and turn back time, I would. But I can't, just like the Avengers in this film. And that's what we see in the movie. I mean, brokenness, fallenness, their, their lives are in pieces in varying degrees. Sin and death has come in, and our heroes are undone. And so, but here's where fiction takes us places that truth can't. They actually do try to turn back time. They, actually, they go back in time. And you know what they do when they get there? Tony Stark has a conversation with his dad. I'm not so sure he always paid attention to his dad, but now he's thinking, wow, if I could just have a talk with my dad, I might listen. Thor has a conversation with his mom. Captain America, he goes and revisits the love that he never had in his young life. As if maybe if I could just travel back in time, I could find a way to put the pieces of my broken story back together and undo what has been done. But here's the bottom line truth. Sin is real. Here's the second flip side of that same coin, and sin kills. Sin kills. See that in the movie. Whether it's Thanos, who with a snap of a finger wipes out 50%, or Thor, who shows up with this really cool, you know, hammer axe kind of thing and does some serious damage. What we're shown in both characters, the superhero and the supervillain, is what Paul writes about in Romans 6, the wages of sin is death. All that means is that sin kills. When we make room for sin, it starts killing stuff. It kills stuff in our life. Wherever sin goes, it kills. It always kills. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't look like it at the time a lot, you know. On the front end, it doesn't, but, but it kills. Sin kills. Sin is real. When we hit the tripwire of disobedience to God, it kills. It starts killing things. It kills us emotionally. It kills us spiritually. It kills us relationally. We see that happen in a movie as well. Wherever sin goes, it kills. Now, it may not wipe out half of all living things. Uh, actually, you know what the scripture says? 100%. It's not just 50% casualty. 100%. Nobody escapes this one. Once sin is unleashed, death starts killing and all of the offspring of the decision makers start suffering because of it. Every person, every place. Now, we don't believe that. We don't believe that because we don't see it in front of us, right? We don't live in that depth of reality. If you were God and could exist beyond time, you know what you would see? That within time, everybody in time dies. In fact, what scholars say right now is more people are dead than have ever been alive on the planet. Which means that one day we're gonna join that population. <laughs> Your end game is coming and you will be among the dead because nobody gets out alive. That's the costliness of sin. But we don't live in that awareness. For us, you know, sometimes people, people's bodies die instantly. You know, we see people immediately die. Most often, symptoms are seen gradually. What do I mean? Sin is deadly. It always kills, but sometimes it's more gradual. In the movie, how does it kill gradually? Well, first thing it takes out is the vision of our superheroes. They lose perspective. They're, they're thrown for a loss. They don't know who they are anymore. 
They can't show up for their job because they don't know what their job is anymore. Their vision has been faded, has been filtered somehow, and it starts killing. They have eyes, but they don't see. Did you know that's what Jesus says about human beings? There's stuff we're not aware of because sin has had its way with us. Paul writes about it like this. The God of this world, that's the devil, the deceiver, the spiritual adversary, blinds minds. And we think we see because it's right in front of us, but we don't always see what's right in front of us. So my wife says, you know, it's right in front of you. Can't you see it? It happens. That's very human, isn't it? Keeps us from seeing the light of Christ. And it, Thanos, Thanos, even this power-hungry tyrant, we see his vision fade in this. You know what? He's also been blinded. He actually believes that wiping out one half of the world's living things is a good thing. I mean, he's rationalized it in his mind to say, this is an act of mercy. I'm going to make room for better things to happen now. And so sin (laughs) blinds and usually leads us to rationalize. And then it demotivates. Jesus said it this way, whoever commits a sin is a slave of sin. That means suddenly you've given, up your motive, you've given up your freedom. You've given up the power to choose. Your motivation goes with the choice that you've just made. You're not in charge anymore. Now you're under the influence, whether you know it or not. And we see that happening to the Avengers. They don't know who they are. They don't know where they're, what they're supposed to be doing with themselves. So here's what we see them doing. They self-medicate. They hole up in despair and depression they, uh, they escape so that people that get under the radar, you know, don't call on me. And here's what the Bible says. That's what sin does. It makes us want to go hide. It makes us want to say, I need some relief. I got to have a drink. You know, that's why I'm saying this movie is so human in so many ways. The Bible says that this is what sin does to the human soul. It dulls our choosing. It deadens our feeling. It darkens our thinking. And it damages our doing. Now, here's what occurred to me when I saw that. I thought, well, if I were the spiritual enemy and I wanted to attack human beings made in the image of God, why not go after them at the center of their potential? This is what the great commandment, Jesus said the greatest commandment is what? He said, loving God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so your choosing, your feeling, your thinking, and your doing are the very places that sin starts killing. But its lethal effect doesn't stop there. It's not simply something that we do. Sin is a state of being. Just being in the gravitational force field of that world with Thanos means you are now engaged in the suffering of it. It's a state of being. The being is faithless from God. Here's what Paul says. Everything that doesn't come from faith is sin. What does that mean? Living in denial of God is sin. We now live in the most secularized world in human history. First time in human history. In the postmodern age, where we say, oh, there is a God if you want them to be or not. And what God says on his end is, you've just closed your eyes to the light, and now more people are living in the dark than ever. 
living in a state of disbelief in God puts you not in a moral blame place. It puts you in a downward spiral. You're living less than. You are heading downward from and missing the mark. You're living in the dark, not in truth, contrary to what's real. So that's a lie. What that means is you have bought into a lie, and it's a lie intended to keep you dead. Now, we don't think we're dead. See, that's our part of our problem. We don't see it. Did you know you can have a death disease, a death-bringing disease, and not even know it? There's something called the widowmaker that can take a guy out at the heart in an instant, he didn't even know he was sick. Neither did she. Cancer can do the same thing. Just because you don't know it doesn't mean it's not working on you. This is what Paul is trying to say. So what can we do? Well, I'll tell you what, all you got to do, if you want to be an Avenger, turn back time. That's the option in the movie, you know, just turn back time. No, we can't do that. But something else happens a new resource of help and salvation arrives. Check this out. He used the stones again. Hey, we'd be going in short-handed, you know? Look, he's still got the stones, so. So let's get him. Use them to bring everyone back. Just like that. Yeah, just like that. Even if there's a, a small chance that we can undo this, I mean, we owe it to everyone who's not in this room to try. If we do this, how do we know it's going to end any differently than it did before? Because before you didn't have me. Hey, new girl, everybody in this room is about that superhero life. And if you don't mind my asking, where the hell have you been all this time? There are a lot of other planets in the universe. And unfortunately, they didn't have you guys. I like this one. Yeah, I like her too, don't you? This is cool. What happens? Well, you know what? Uh, who's the new girl? Captain Marvel. Theologically, she's the Christ figure in the story. Where did she come from? When she arrives, guess what? The first thing she does is save Tony Stark. She's the savior figure who comes from the heavens. They say, okay, who's the new girl? Okay, the new girl is, she says, you know, I've come from the heavens, this mysterious beyondness where she's been tending cosmic planet work on, in other fronts besides this one, and she comes in now to save. That wasn't a statement of arrogance. She was just telling the truth. It's going to be different now that I'm here. That's kind of what Jesus said in the Gospels, by the way. It's going to be different having the Christ among you. And so what we see then, you know, is um, how to respond to sin. Here it is. Engage the battle by joining Jesus. Don't run away. Engage it, but by join, joining the Savior. And in the Scripture story of this cosmic battle, he enters the fray to take upon himself all of the evil, not by turning back time, but by reaching from infinity and beyond and bringing all of it into himself as the ultimate just 
doer of justice and conqueror of evil. He absorbs our evil, the, ones, the things we do, the things done to us. He takes it all into himself on the cross and then rises from the dead, now with power to lead the final day in victory, which is what we see Captain Marvel do. Paul summarizes that in this word. He said, God made him, talking about Jesus, God made him to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. What he had just done is say, here's how we reverse sin and its power in our world. You allow my spirit to come alive in you. My forgiveness takes away the penalty of your sin. My presence in the spirit will now engage the battle by giving you power over sin. And the opposite is now the way that we're going to move forward to face it. Not simply by turning back time, but by entering time and absorbing all of it into himself. This is the gospel message. Now, we're not superheroes. We know this. We're not superheroes. We cannot conquer this by ourselves. We know that. But in Christ, we can fight the battle till the final victory has won. And that's the story that we're engaging in. The, the Avengers, even in our flawed and fatigued and failing Humanity. That's what the Avengers show us, that we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. We make mistakes. People make mistakes all over us. It hurts. We lose people we love. Stuff happens we wish we could undo. And when we feel like we're losing hope and it's so disappointing and it seems like darkness is going to swallow us up and we just want to say, you know, I can't change and I can't change you. And so we just hole up in despair and get disconnected from the very community that can be part of the saving power. That's what happens to the Avengers. But you know what happens when Captain Marvel? Marvel shows up, the saving figure comes right back in the middle, pulls the superhero team back together and says, you bring your flaws into this equation and we're going to fight the battle together until the victory comes. Jesus is going to do the same thing with us one day. The world has not seen the last of Jesus Christ. More about that next week. But when he returns, he's going to lead us and show us the way to overcome the enemy that continues to try to trip us up and take us down and rob us. The thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy will be destroyed. But until then, Ephesians, Paul says, Paul says this, put on the full armor of God. Why? So you can stand. Peter says this, your enemy, the devil, is prowling around, but you can stand firm. Bring up the next one, please. Prowling around, but you can stand firm in the faith. Here's what James says. Resist the devil, he will flee. You stand. Bring it up, please. Next slide. And then here's what John says. Next one. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Why? He says you can engage the battle because the reason the Son of God came was to destroy the devil's work. What's the devil's work? Just to keep you in the dark, to deaden your senses so that you will stop making the right choices that will connect you to the Savior and his saving community so that you can take the sword of the Spirit, engage the battle in the midst of what looks like despair and turn it around. You say, listen, I can't turn back time. No, but you can invite Christ to enter time and through you, he can bring new hope and restore the broken places. So here's the takeaway that I'd like to offer today. Believer, you can show up. Non-believer, you can show up. What are you supposed to do today? Just show up. Don't sit this one out. Don't, uh, 
Don't just watch from a distance in disbelief or doubt or distrust. That's darkness. Take a step of faith and step up. Show up and then step up. Step up for some. What did the Avengers say? Hey, we owe it to the people not in this room. I'm just wondering, you know, that's what this little red scarlet cord reminds me of, that I wasn't always in this room. Before I ever started thinking about God, somebody who knew him started thinking about me and said, hey, I think I might show up for them. That's what an Avenger does. That's what a superhero in Christ does. We think about other people who don't quite see their vision has been taken, their lives are in pieces, they're struggling to make sense of it all. And we just want to show up so we can step up and then guess what? Stand up. Until the battle's done, we make our stand. And even sometimes, there were parts of that battle that only Captain Marvel could fight. She could take out Thanos, and she does. But there were also parts of the battle where every superhero in the final scene in the Marvel Universe shows up for them to engage. Why? Because they're part that only you can fight. By his power, you're not going to win without him. But if you don't show up, then your battle won't be won on this side. There's something that you must do. And so I would say, you know, what's your next step? Is it time for you to show up? Stop living in denial? Is it time for you to step up and say, I got to be here for somebody else? Or is it time just you're in the battle, man, you're feeling the heat, you, know, you see how huge the opposition is, and you say, but I'm not going to go get drunk. I'm going to keep my armor on, and I'm going to sacrifice because that's what my Lord showed me how to do. And in the movie, we see that happen too. Black Widow does that. Iron Man does that. The power of self-sacrifice for the sake of somebody you love. And above all of them, your Savior does that. Jesus gave his life and then rose so that you will not lose hope. Would you pray with me now? Lord, thank you that more than not losing hope, you bring salvation, that the power of your forgiveness can cleanse our sins, that the power of your Spirit can restore our broken hearts, and that one day you are going to come again and right the wrongs that have been done in this cosmos. And we're looking, so looking forward to that day, but until it comes, here we are. What is your prayer to God right now? Lord, here I am. I'm listening. Then what has his spirit said for you to do? Is this the time to show up? to say, I know what you've asked me to do. I know I haven't done it, and now today I want to start. Is it time for you to step up? Lord, I'm going to be here for somebody else, somebody that's not in the room yet, so let's pray for them right now, somebody who's going through a hard place. Or maybe it's time just for you to stand up. Let God show you that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Stand up. In fact, if that's what God has asked you to do, I'm going to ask you to stand up right now. I'm not asking everybody to stand, but if you know that you're in a battle and God has said you just got to keep standing, then our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, but you want to say, Lord, I heard you and I'm standing, I'm still standing, then you stand right now, would you?
And perhaps for somebody else on the front end of this journey, you're thinking, I, I can't fight this by myself. But if Jesus is available to come and live in me, then I'm open. So would you pray with me now, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive my sins. Fill me with your spirit and lead me into the salvation that you have given me by your love. And I receive it. I receive it as your gift. In your name I pray. Now our heads are still bowed just for a moment. But if you prayed that prayer with me and would let me ask God's blessing upon your next steps of faith, you want to just stand as well with those others that are standing in the room. Just stand up wherever you are just for a moment. If you're joining us online, you can click right there. We're praying for you. Kendall Campus, likewise. You're not in this alone. We're here for you. I'm seeing men stand up. God is saying, I'm here for you. Lord, we, we invite you to fill each person who by their standing is saying, my life is open to you. Thank you that I'm not alone in this battle. And now we pray your blessing, your spirit's empowering upon each one as we make our prayer in Jesus' name. Would you please be seated? Amen.